This week, I was super lucky to get the opportunity to catch up with Gosha Gorna, who's visiting from the UK and is a prolific transformation coach. Sometimes called the Clarity Doctor, Gosha talks about the journey which led her to her work, as well as the story behind the development of her expansion game method, which she successfully uses with clients to transform their greatest fears into their greatest successes. Gosha goes deep on topics such as tuning into your intuition, the power of future scripting, human expansion, and trusting that the universe has your back. She also talks about connecting with your heart, which is something we've heard a lot of on the podcast. There's little doubt about the actual connection Gosha has with her intuition. It's fascinating to listen where that connection has taken her and what that has brought into her life. There's so much to learn about trusting yourself and your own capability in this podcast. Again, another theme that's turned up recently. At times, it's a case of who's interviewing who at times, as often she flipped the same question I asked to her back onto me. And I think you learn as much about Gosha from her answers and the way she questions me and the answers she gets from me. So this is a fascinating podcast and I can't wait for you to enjoy it. So sit back and enjoy Gosha. Hello and welcome back to WA Real. I'm your host, Bryn Edwards. Living and acting with great clarity, removing fears and barriers and expanding to be all you can be is what some of the topics we'll be exploring today with my guest, Gosha Gorna. Gosha, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So you have only just arrived in WA. Yes. That is correct. Yes. So originally from Poland, moved to England when you were 21, mm-hmm. and you're over here for how long is it? Two weeks? Yeah, a few, few weeks um, till 26. So um, essentially about 20 days in total. Yeah. Super. And what is it that brings you to Western Australia? Well, I, f- first of all, I've always known I wanted to come to Australia. Oh, really? Why is that? Um, I don't know. I just always knew, you know, that I needed to go to Australia and to New Zealand. And um, a few months ago, my, my dear friend, Wendy York, who helped me to um, publish my book, she's my book coach, um, she's basically said, I'm, I'm coming to um, Perth and I'm going to give a talk. Would you like to come and give a talk as well? with me and uh, and I said yes I didn't need any sort of con- convincing whatsoever whatsoever so I'm actually coming to meet some change makers to to do some work and to vi- to go and see koala bears and kangaroos and <laughs> swim in the ocean so it's a little bit of work and it's a little bit of pleasure excellent excellent and, you, and you've been here a couple of days what what sort of um vibe are you getting from being here well, I've just came from Dubai, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so there is a great difference, and the vibe that I'm getting is very peaceful. Yes. Very calm, and very spacious. You know that Perth is very spacious, and yeah, we have that. Yeah, very, very quiet. I feel almost like home. Oh, really? Yeah. What What do you mean when you say you almost feel like? Home? I feel comfortable. Right. I felt slightly restless, you know in a big city and uh, with the, all the buildings and I couldn't go and touch the, the earth very easily. And in here, um, it, yeah, it feels very comfortable, very easy. Excellent. And people are lovely. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So you've been called a transformational coach, a seer, a healer, a visionary, a soul messenger, an intuitive, a clarity doctor, quite like that, mm-hmm. and a pathfinder. There's a strong focus in your in the in the work that you do and in your journey um, about connecting with things that are not necessarily seen mm-hmm. or can be logic, um, things that are bigger than 
we are. Mm-hmm. Um, where does that come from in your journey? Is that was that something that was role modeled, or is it something that's come from within you? It's definitely came with came from within me. You know, when I was very young, I used to see things. Okay. And I used to see auras and angels and <clears throat> I used to, to know things very strongly about people, uh, if they were lying or they needed, if they were happy or unhappy. And um, I definitely had a special sort of gift when I was a child. And so um, I even said to my mom frequently, mom, those halos around the priest in church, you know, particularly when he was, you know, during the... Um, Holy Communion, what, what, what is it? And my mom said, I, honey, I can't see anything, but I'm not saying it's not there, but I can't see anything, you know? So, um, and I was a very, very sensitive child. Um, then, then when I was a, maybe a teenager, I started playing with my friends uh, with uh, cards, you know, like um, fortune telling, pr- pretending. Tarot, yeah, tarot. They, well, they were not tarot cards, they were normal playing cards, yes. you know? And, um, and and I was basically playfully coming up with the, the most unbelievable stories of what will happen for them. And then they will be coming back to me saying, do you know that the stuff you told me all happened? It's all true. <laughs> and uh, and he sort of continued to, 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 to go on like that for <clears throat> many years. And then when I was, um, um, yeah, when I was a teenager, my, my father was an alcoholic and he was quite a quite a sort of aggressive character. So when I went from a being a, a sort of happyish kind of child to being a hateful teenager, right? Um, that stopped. All, all that. Yeah, yeah. Intuitive. Yes. Well, maybe not all of it, but a lot of um, the, the the things that I saw with precision and great depth, they stopped. I still sort of use my intuition to. Um, get through the school because I didn't like going to school at all. Mm. I found um, studying things like mathematics, physics, chemistry, and also um, to some extent history, uh, very painful because I knew that a lot of things we were learning actually were lies. Like I knew at the bottom of my heart. Mm. And some some things were also un- completely unnecessary for me. Who killed whom and when, you know, like I just my, history, my, yeah. my brain, like, well, why would I need to know that? And so, um, so at school, sometimes I would just use my intuition and check in tests. Is it A, B, or C? <laughs> so yeah. I would intuit C, but I would not had no knowledge of the subject, and I was quite often right, <laughs> always. But other than that, um, I have actually um, my, my intuition fully returned when I left Poland, and I came to England, and um, I have. Um, Start, actually started most immediately working with women with breast cancer. I started cooking for them. And um, it, and so basically I was using a lot of my intuition in, in terms of working with people and knowing what's best mm. for them and how can I support them. But on this one particular day, I have to tell you this, um, I was sitting in the garden and um, with some friends and a friend of a friend came. I never met her. Her name was Nancy. And I said to her, Oh, I know you're an um, accountant for Warner Brothers, but I have a feeling you become a nun. And she just went, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> she burst into laughter and she said, well, I don't even believe in God. Yes. I said, no, I, I don't know where it came from, but, but anyway, let's forget it. And then some months later, she sent me a postcard 
saying hi i don't know if you remember me it's nancy i actually be became a nun i went wow. to um, a buddhist monastery uh, and uh, I, I was very stressed out with my work and um, I, I think she learned how to meditate and she loved the peace so much in that beautiful monastery that she just basically decided to shave her head and become a nun Far out. and when that happened i went like holy shit yes <laughs> there is something going on here that i i should maybe pay attention to so then even though later on i became a therapist and a coach i always use my intuition as a very important part of my sessions right tuning into each client and seeing where they are where they're going and where does the soul needs to go next for the for the mm. most the deeper sense of development and, and happiness and i also see people's gifts and talents sometimes even when i don't even ask for it or they don't ask for it i can sort of feel it when i'm with them so yeah so it's a long-winded story but essentially the intuitive sense was with me my whole life mm. and then i just kept on developing it what does so we've used things like you've used words like in, intuitive and tune in what does that actually mean for you what does that sort of look and feel like for somebody who's listening to this and going okay so yeah you're obviously very intuitive you're, you're, you're telling people that they're about to become monks and things like that um but where, where does that come from what does it look feel like and when you say tune in what what's that mm. that's a, actually not a very easy question <laughs> um well, that's so why I asked them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why you're doing your podcast because you're good at asking difficult questions. Um, so it depends on the situation, right? So typically, if um, let's say something doesn't feel right to me, and I'm about to do something, my whole body rebels. Mm. It's almost like it's screaming. It feels heavy, tense, sad. Uh, my stomach feels very tight, mm. and. Um, and I sort of, I tend to act on it quite strongly and say, okay, my body's telling me not to do this. So I drop it. If I go ahead anyway, I usually pay for it. Mm. And exactly um, what I've dreaded happens. Mm. And not because I create it, but because my, my, my intuition, my, my sense of knowing tells me, this is, this, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. It's fine. It's, it's, it's your choice. But we're just letting you know here or you know that it, it, this is what, what will happen so this is more to do with me and, and and when intuition speaks to me that something is good it's expansive joyous happy act for instance i immediately knew that i needed to come and see you you know i thought about it was it was feeling very expansive light happy mm. joyous easy you know so i thought okay i must come and meet you when i'm here now when i uh, meet people um, how does intuitive information come to me? They come to me in pictures sometimes. Okay. So l let's just say that I'm, I sit next to someone and um, we're having a chat and sudden, suddenly out of nowhere, I see a picture sort of popping next to their head uh, with a book, let's say. And I may ask, sort of ask them, have you thought of writing a book? And they may say, well, no. Uh, I said, well, I think you, you will write a book or something. Yes. Like, for instance, years and years and years and years ago, I, um, I was having a session with um, a wonderful girl who then later became my friend. And I said to her during the session, oh, I see you on Oprah Winfrey show. 
she's she's interviewing you and um and i told her what would she be doing in in the future working with women and writing books and she said but what about i am a i'm working in the marketing sort of advertising company like what, what would i be speaking about and i said i don't know and then probably 10 years later um she you know she became a writer she wrote a couple of books and for women and she's a powerful healer but um she um she tried to have a baby with her ch- uh, husband and didn't manage to 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 have a baby and uh, in fact they lost twins when she was about 5 months pregnant mm. which was tragic and then her mother got an intuitive idea of actually um well, hosting the baby for her, so to speak, right? right? And um, she did. And I think she was uh, about 65 at the time, her mom. So then they were invited to Oprah Winfrey show. Wow. <laughs> so, um, so it was more than mother was interviewed, but she was there with the baby. And um, <clears throat> so she ended up being on the, on the Oprah Winfrey show. But I saw it all those years before. I mm. didn't quite know why and how and what she was interviewed about. So sometimes get those pictures that you know like um next to the person's head and um it's unemotional it's light it's mm. easy um and i just sort of often say it and i have absolutely no attachment to it because i'm completely aware that sometimes maybe some sort of you know random thought yes one of the questions that pops up for me while i'm listening to you is um this sounds like you know, a picture might easily pop up or you get a feeling but then does the mind try and creep in and go, oh, no, that's rubbish, or no, it probably means this, or it probably means that, and so you try and overhead it, overmind it. Does that make mm. sense? In the beginning, yes. Mm. Um, nowadays, it comes so fast, and it's so effective with my clients Yes. that, um, mm. you know, I, when I see my clients, I, I don't actually uh, know anything about them. All I know is the name and the age, and then I write the information about them and only related to the session that we're going to have. So I don't see everything and I mm. don't want to, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Like whether they're unfaithful, you know, to her husband or wife or I don't, I don't see all those things. I see things which is very relevant to the session. And um, so when they come and see me and, and I sort of deliver some of the information over and over again, and now it's been in thousands. I don't particularly have even time to, to question it. Mm, yes. and, and I always say to them, look, if it doesn't sound right or it doesn't sort of resonate with you, delete it, you know, like completely in your head. And I have no sort of attachment to it. And I almost sort of always feel more um, attached to, in, in, my, in my mind, to the effects from the session rather than what I'm saying is true or not. And yeah. often it's quite metaphorical. You know, so the, the pictures that I may see uh, could be um, sort of translated by the person in a slightly different way to what I'm seeing. Yes. So as long as it's useful and helpful, then then we use it. And if it's not, it almost doesn't matter if it's true or not. Yes. <laughs> but if it's helpful <clears throat> to the client, we, we will go ahead and use it. Right. So you have um, created, was it the expansion method? Yeah. Can you give me a, a brief insight into what the expansion method is? Well, I would love to actually show you how it works. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I will explain first. Um, yes. 
Shall I explain how, how it came about? Yeah, that, yeah. Well, that was going to be a, I was, that was going to be my follow up question in terms of how did the expansion method come to you? So uh, maybe I will say this first because okay. that, that will probably frame the whole sort of situation mm. in a in a in a good way. So you know, I I, I said I've worked with breast cancer clients and uh, or visitors, and um, I used to work in a breast cancer clinic mm-hmm. in London, which I loved. And um, it's hugely fulfilling um, work. And um, on that one particular day, I had a lady who came who was 24 years old. She was very young, beautiful, blonde, long hair. And she she basically um, cried the whole session. She cried and cried and cried. And she's kept on repeating, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Mm. She was just recently diagnosed. Yes, and she said she cried like for two two months without eating, drinking, sleeping. All she did, she was sobbing. Mm. Okay, and so I so I basically have been trained in so many different methodologies and tools, and I thought to myself, well, um, it's it's exhausting her, it's that's killing her. Yes, more than cancer in in effect, yeah, right? Yeah, going to speed it up. Yeah, so I was thinking, well, I must I must help her. I always I always help people, right? But nothing that I was trained in worked. EFT, NLP, this method, that method, nothing, nothing. And we, and she's already talked about it long enough with friends, you know. So nothing worked. So I have um, connected with my spirit, which I always do, and I work, and I made a prayer. And I asked for assistance, and I said, "Can I please?" find a way to help this girl because I don't want her to go home and cry for another few weeks or months or years. And um, and this idea came to me that if she could accept the, the possibility of dying just for a few seconds and be okay about that, maybe she could stop crying, you know? Yes. Um, and so I started um, thinking of ways to help her and this, this sentence came to me for her to repeat. And it was exactly, I allow myself to die and I'm looking forward to it. And I said to her, Sophie, can you repeat after me this sentence? I allow myself to die and I'm looking forward to it. And at which point she jumped up, went to the door and she said, you're completely crazy. I'm going downstairs to complain that you're tormenting me. <laughs> to, which, to which I was, you know, I res- responded, oh my God. And I yeah. held the door, you know, I held mm. the door. I didn't want to let her go. And I said mm. to her, look, um, I let you go if you say it. So somehow at the, the, the bottom of my heart, I was convinced that if she, she, if she does what I say, mm. she'll be okay. And I will be okay. I will not lose my job. <laughs> yeah. And, but it was quite dramatic looking, you know. Yeah, yeah. I've actually forced her against her will for, for a few moments, you know. And so she said, yes, I allow myself to die and I'm looking forward to dying and, and meeting my mom and sister. In fact, her mother and sister died of cancer and she had this BRCA gene, which, is, um, which means in the medical terms that it, there is a very high possibility that she may die as well, mm. you know, it's genetic. And so, um, so she said that I allow myself to die, and I'm looking forward to it. And then I immediately felt drawn to ask her to repeat after me the opposite: I allow myself to um, to heal, to get better, to to do my ama- amazing arts, to record my movies, this and that. So she basically 
said what, what she wanted to create in, in life and her family and wonderful husband and I'm looking forward to it. And so I asked her to repeat it a few times. She said it and after, I don't know, maybe three or four minutes, she stopped crying. She just took a deep breath in. She relaxed. And I was so astounded. And I said, Sophie, why did you stop crying? And she goes, oh, I'm just fed up with it now. <laughs> yeah. And so she went home without crying on that day. And I was thinking, well, such a small little thing, but what if I try it on other people? So I tried it on all the people who came to me on that day and she was first. So four more people, four, three more people I have tested this on and worked with every single person. And, um, and I kept on testing it with other people. So, and it worked. It particularly works really well with fear of being not good enough, fear of, uh, fear of um, being judged, found out as a fraud, fear of dying, fear of people thinking that you're stupid, inadequate. You know, the ego-centered mm. uh, fears? Yes. Um, and, and yeah, so this is how it started. So it's basically taking a fear, moving it to the worst possible scenario, exaggerating it as much as possible. Yes. Flipping it over to the other side and exaggerating the positive side as well. So thinking big, right? So we often think, uh, think about what we want, but we don't go as far as possible. We go, oh, I can only earn this much or have this kind of impact or mm. live in this kind of house, but we don't go any further. And you see, the funny thing is that when, when we go further to what we previously thought as possible, magic happens yes you know it, this is where the fear drops and essentially also when you look at the intention rather than the fear fear drops as well often when i exaggerate with people um i i find that they laugh a, a lot because they, they go oh my god i don't want to be poor and live under the bridge with my family you know or be alone for the rest of my life or uh, or whatever, and and then they, st they they not only stop crying or being scared, they actually start laughing at the fear. Yeah. So that's why it's called the expansion game. Right. Because, because it's a you're game. Expanding it. Yeah. You're going to the worst possible scenario, and then the best possible scenario. And the fear pops. You can almost hear it like like a balloon pop. Why do you think that is? Is it because we we keep ourselves in this sort of tighter uh, bracket? And then by extending it and extending it, it, it pops like you say. Yeah. Well, it's actually interesting. You, you know, there is a saying that once you've gone somewhere, it's very difficult to go back in consciousness to the original state yes. where you came from, right? Yes. To, to, but you can keep on going forward. So, um, and also I think it works because, you know, we, we have tendency as human beings, particularly our ego, to exaggerate things. So when you use your ego's methodology and you exaggerate, <laughs> you're right. Well, yes. would normally so you play the ego in its own game. That's right. But you only go a little bit further and you make it more dramatic, more hysterical, more heavy duty. And you just basically, you load it out so much that it becomes absolutely unbelievable. Absurd, yes. Absurd, funny. And, and, and it basically, the... Um, the expanding it to that level of impossibility and, and, and fun, actually, it's actually funny, it basically pops it. Mm. And then, of, of course, going backwards and forwards, 
a few times, three or four times, that in itself expands it as well. So yeah, it pops because uh, the illusion pops. Most of the time when we're afraid of something, we live in this very limited space yes. of who we are. And this is not who we are. We are an unlimited beings. So mm. maybe I'm actually taking people to the un unlimited unlimitedness. Yes. Yeah. Infinite possibility Absolutely. and probability. That's it. Awesome. Awesome. So um, is, is this the sort of the mainstay of the work that, the, that you do? Oh, well, I would say it's 10% of my work. Okay, where's the other 90 like? Um, well, you know, it's, it's only a method to help people. Mm. So, um, typically, I would, uh, if, if someone came to me for a session, because mm. I work one-to-one, -one, but I also run groups sessions. Yes. Um, if someone came to see me for one-to-one -one session, me using that method could be maybe, I don't know, well, 10% of our conversation. Yes. The other time, the other 90%, I we look at um, what they're here for. What is their life's purpose? Yes. What's stopping them? Uh, what kind of emotions? It may not be fear. It could be sadness. It could be anger. It could be resentment they held for 40, 50 years towards their parents and they forgot about mm. us. So we clear those things and um, and basically we tap into the the soul for direction for what's coming next. Mm. Where are they supposed to go and what they're supposed to be and I'm very very much in love with working with change makers because I yes. know that if I help like for instance let's give an example if I help you and you soon will reach millions of people with your podcasting and if I somehow um, support you in your expansion and growth then millions of people will benefit from it. Mm. So that's so. this is the my typical client, someone who's... I was going to ask who typically comes yeah. to see you. And, and actually, by the way, I never really set out to do that originally. Mm. Mm. So, you know, I started doing my sessions when I was in my early 20s. Mm. Sometimes people come came to see me uh, when I was um, 22 and I opened the door and they didn't want to come in <laughs> because I looked very young, right? And they said, well, well, I just came to see Gosha for a session. I said, it's me. And go, no, no, no. What do you know about life? You're only 22 or 3 or 4, you know. Um, but uh, I, I basically help people to become more clear. So this is why some people mm. call me Clarity Doctor. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I like it too, actually. Mm. Um, and it, what is it they're being... What, what, what is it they're being clear on? Uh-huh. Well, um, as an example, uh, it, it could be actually anything, but uh, typical things. Okay, I have been successful for many years. I have done what I sort of thought I need to do. I have the house, the car, the kids, the husband, but I know there is more. Mm. This is not enough. Mm. I want to make a difference. And I even maybe know what I need to do, but I'm a bit scared, right? And so we really dive into it and we release that strong desire and we cl clarify the steps. So um, clarity about what do, I, do they need to do to, about the choosing. Sometimes my clients basically call me because they need to make a decision about which house to buy or which house, who to sell the house to, you know, even mm. simple things like that. Um, but typically it's more about big decisions, about um, relationships, about businesses and, and if someone runs their own business could be even 
as um, simple as who to hire. And I'm not often actually telling them what to do. They, I'm encouraging them to use their own intuition. Mm. Just to, so I don't actually work as a psychic, right? Yeah, got to ask that. Yeah, but because um, just to want to make sure that if um, if I was to just do that, then you know, I would it would be rather boring for me. But seeing people empower themselves to be able to do it for themselves by themselves, this is what was really exciting for me. So you must work on the underlying premise or belief that what you do in terms of your intuiting yes is something that we can all do oh absolutely absolutely i don't think there is nothing special about my intuitive uh, abilities the only difference is that i've been using it like people go to the gym and they do muscle you know development even the guy who was actually driving me here today in the uber he had such big muscles you know uh, and he goes, yeah, he says, I go to the gym every day and I run and, and I and I just pump out, you know, the muscles. And I think, oh my God, yes, if I did that maybe for a few, few, few months, I would look like that too, you know? Yes. The same thing with intuition. <laughs> yes. So you're, you've got a very strong intuition muscle. Yes, absolutely. Because actually, you know, my logic didn't work very well when I was a child. Your logic? Yeah, my, I, I, I didn't. My brother was very, very bright and very analytical and very... <clears throat> academic mm. I wasn't so I had to do something so <laughs> I developed what, what I what I could yes you've talked I've seen you, you talk about connection to the heart as mm. well can you talk more about that oh my god yes because it's it's connection to heart is a theme that pops up in this podcast a lot yeah with other people when you speak yeah yes. yeah absolutely well I think uh, without um connecting to our heart intuition doesn't work mm. is that the the source of intuition hmm. um i would say it's not necessarily the source because you know intuition comes from many different sources hmm. um and that there's lots of research done on this as well but um if, in my opinion uh, the heart it's like this um um channel through which the, the, the intu- if the intuition flows through your heart, it's of the purest nature. Mm. Um, you know, there's some people, like Hitler was very intuitive. Who was that? Hitler, Hit- you know, yeah. Hitler. And um, he, he actually was vegetarian and he did a lot of the occult, occult things, Cults, you know. Yeah. Um, so he was very intuitive. He predicted yeah. a lot of things. This is not the kind of intuition we want to have yeah yeah so um when you uh connect with your heart on daily basis and you spend time on opening your heart and making sure that it stays wide open on daily basis Mm. then the information that comes to you it's filtered and um, you attract the kind of people that the kind of information the kind of insights which are aligned with your highest nature and in your soul makes sense what i'm saying yeah yes. and i know i can look at you and i can see that you exactly not only know what i'm talking about but you live accordingly you know your heart is very open and so um i uh, teach a lot of sessions you know and a lot of classes um, and they always start with uh, making sure that the heart is tuned into the right vibration mm. and we, we do that through connecting with gratitude 
mm, love and blessing wishing other people well yes and i have a specific um meditation morning meditation which i would love to share with your listeners somehow um, maybe you can leave the li- link to this yes it's free free link um that you know if you start your day sending love ahead of yourself to every single meeting every single podcaster <laughs> mm. every single listener if you send them love uh, and light um and you feel grateful for everything that has happened for everything that's happening and for everything that will happen mm. then um you basically vibrationally operate on a very different level to which you would operate if you were busy stressed out angry you know yes. what i'm talking about fearful. and yeah and, and specifically fearful so the more people are um operating from the heart and just simply breathing into their heart and sort of pausing and uh, relaxing and um just thinking of things that give them pleasure you know looking at the flower or a um you know that you have these beautiful flowers um, growing on the tree and the pink ones i keep on looking at them they're, they're so lovely the bottle brushes <laughs> yes bottle brushes yes exactly i, I wondered then what is the name of, of this of this flower and i think they've got a proper name but it's generally known as a bottle brush <laughs> and they look like a bottle brush and i look at them and and it opens my heart mm. i feel like wow it's so beautiful so yeah so spending every day and that's a, yeah. i don't know about you but when I feel gratitude and and you know, I'm opened up by nature and things like that, I can actually feel something yeah. go on in my chest. Oh, completely. I often, you know, I do this exercise in my sessions where people are asked to send love and blessing towards the other person silently without saying anything. Mm. And people see tingling, feel tingling, warmth, expansion, and, and most people cry. And when I ask them, why are you crying? They say, I don't know. It's like involuntary reaction. Tears pour out of their eyes because it's um, extremely um, heart opening, you know. So, yeah, um, I think that if, if there was anything that is the m- more important than anything else in one's life, I would say is learning how to s- um, rest in your heart. Mm. What does it- what does that mean? Just sit and be. Accepting. Yeah. What does that mean? Um, you know, like you rest sometimes. Let's say you, you you've created a nice bed outside. Yes. You lie on it in the sun and you you rest on it. Yeah. Yes. You can do exactly the same thing if you sort of um, have a busy day and you close your eyes, take a few deep breaths into your heart, and breathe in and out, breathe in and out, and you basically find this peaceful. Um, space in your heart where you can feel like you're resting so then the thoughts slow down the busyness slows down and you just rest there but you keep your attention on your heart and you're breathing in and out and um, if you feel grateful then it's more more powerful but just breathing through your heart and resting in your heart makes you feel very still and very relaxed Hmm. make sense yes it does. It does. What, um, if someone's listening to this and they're saying, this sounds great, gosh, but you know, I have a busy day and I have kids to run around and I have a job to go to and stuff like that. How, how do I bring this into my every day? 
That's a very question, good question. Because yeah. mm. you know, we, can, we can start the day with a nice bit of peace for 20 minutes and sometimes we can eke out to try and bring a bit of ourselves back at the end of the day. But you know, throughout, that, that to me is almost like your state of being is still in the busy world and you're just going on a little holiday from time to time to your heart. How do we flip it so you live in your heart and your holiday into the busy world almost? Actually, I will answer this question, but I want to know your answer to this too. Because oh, okay. You, you really strike me as a very peaceful person, very calm, right? Hmm. Increasingly so, probably, yes. So I, I will tell you and then you tell me, is, that a, is it a deal? Yes, <laughs> I like this. So I, Bryn, um, think that actually the first thing in the morning is the most important moment where you plan your day. You know when people, some people, not everybody, plan their day and they take a piece of paper and they make oh, notes and they make plans. I need to do this, this, this. They make a list. Mm. And actually, a lot of those people are quite successful mm. because if they put it down on the paper, the brain knows this is what we need to do and, and they often successfully achieve it. So... The first few moments after the, the after your waking up is the most important because your brain is looking for your directions. Where are we going next? Mm-hmm. And if you if you are a bit um, slow mm. or fast, <laughs> yes. yeah, and and uh, and you go into planning your day without planning how you want to feel. Yes. And what kind of energy you want to bring into your daily activities? Then. Then the brain will be only focused on achieving things and doing them, but it, it will not be paying attention to how, but only what, right? So if you visualize, I do that. I visualize myself going successfully through all the meetings, through the, all the sessions. Like if I have something big happening, mm-hmm. like let's say I'm speaking to 500 people and someone has been invited me and the extremely important people and slightly stressful, right? Will I let her down? Will it be successful? <clears throat> would it be would, would it be what she is ex- expecting me to, to do? Then I will make sure that I visualize this very specifically and not only visualize how everybody responds to it in terms like, oh my God, we love it. That was really great. But how I am presenting I'm basically visualizing it, sending love to myself, sending love to every specific person in that session. And I uh, plant the kind of energy I want to bring in so that I speak with confidence, that I'm relaxed, that I bring light. In fact, that I also even say that this will be the most life-changing experience for all the listeners in the room, even go that far, right? So I visualize what... But I also bring in the how. I do the same thing if I can, if I'm not too tired in the evening. And um, to, for the listeners, just the important thing is that it doesn't have to take hours. It could be as short as five to ten minutes. Yes. Everybody can actually afford to do that. And if you fall asleep with a feeling of gratitude and peace and goodness for, for what happened during the day and feel like you have been a winner almost, not a mm. loser. Well, why have yeah. I done this? Then there is more peace available for the next day. So actually, yes, you said holidays, morning and the evening, but actually those two moments when you wake up and just before you fall asleep will inform what will happen next day. 
Okay, so that's that would be the, the the first thing. If if we don't have an emotional destination, the first mo mo moment we wake up in the morning, other things will take off mm. and take over. Yeah. Yes. So that's that. Now, especially if the first thing you do in the morning is reach for that coffee. <laughs> Or reach that device that's next yes. to the bed. Oh my God, yes. And then start to look at social media. Oh my God, yes, absolutely. That's a very good point. And um, and then now during the day, if I am, if, if I've planned well enough, and uh, for the feeling good and peaceful, then I will be peaceful throughout the whole day. But stressful things happen. Things mm. unexpected things happen. You know, and and I get stressed like anybody else. So then what brings me back into my stillness, um, it's um, um, what I say to myself, actually, Gosha, what do you want to create here now? So you, you, would you right now, what's your intention? So if my intention is to go back to peace or sort it out, I immediately vis visualize the positive outcome for the situation. And I breathe. I ask, actually, ask my angels to come in and help me. The angels, there is a need, there is a, a emergency here. Can you please all come in? <laughs> More of you than normally. Mm. So I, I ask for help, and I breathe deeply. I ask for help. I ask myself, what, what's my intention? Visualize positive outcome, and if possible, I give myself a few minutes break. So I ask, can I have a few minutes break? And I just breathe and connect with my soul. I ask, is there anything I need to know that will help me to resolve the situation? Yeah. Mm. Um, if, if I need to make a very quick decision, then I need to have a few minutes to, to connect to my soul. So, right. So this is what I do. Now, what do you do? This is going to be it's quite amusing because um, it's not worldly different. Mm -hmm. Um. So I, I start my day. So a lot of it is around starting my day. I generally am up somewhere between, ideally, a quarter past and half past four. Oh my goodness, really? Yeah, and there's a re there's a very oh, good reason wow. for this as well. And I'm I'm a big one for um, I'm a big one for I, I will read books and listen to podcasts, but I I'll take something and then I'll do something. And so I read a book by a guy called Dr. Do Joe Dispenza. Oh my God, I love the guy. Yeah. And in there, in his becoming supernatural, mm -hmm. superhuman, mm -hmm. um, what, uh, amongst the many things he mentioned is the fact that um, between four and six in the morning, we still have a presence, big presence of melatonin in our yes. head, which helps us to sleep, but we're also starting to bring in serotonin, which keeps us awake. Which yes. up. So you're just starting to get a, a bit of serotonin, but you've still got the melatonin. So if anything mystical is going to happen, it's going to happen generally between four and six because okay. you're chemically wired up for it. So I thought, well, this is a cool time, uh, a cool thing to do. Um, so I just started getting up at that sort of time. And then I started to go into journaling, which I think has popped up in a few podcasts now. But similar to yourself is... Um, is I will write things down, but I won't say I would like this to happen. I would like this to happen. I write it as if it's already been done. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I will talk about I will talk about tonight's sleep as if it's already done. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I will talk about the achievements that I've done today, and the other thing I'll, I'll talk about is 
similar to yourself. I didn't call it the how, it's about what's been my general state of being throughout the day. And frequent words that turn up are, I show up, um, I retain a high level of focus and energy throughout the whole day. Um, I take things in my stride. And, and just by taking that moment to do that, a very interesting thing has happened whereby because of written things down, things start to happen. Yeah. And as you repeat and repeat and repeat that, and I think I've, I've said to, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I've said in several to several people, the greatest manifestation tool that you can have is a pen and just write something down. And you write it down, it'll generally, it'll happen in one way, shape or form. Obviously, not always the way you want it to turn up, but it will happen in its own shape. You know, you have to let go of, I found you have to let go of forcing the universe to deliver things to you that you ask, but forcing it to go through the eye of the needle to get there to you. You're just making life unnecessarily difficult on you and the universe and everything around you. So yeah, but by writing things down, and so what, what happens now is, is almost like this self-perpetuating thing that you get with any habit or anything that you practice, whereby I now know that if I write it down, it'll happen. So my levels of trust and no, well, beyond trust, knowing have now gone to a new level. Mm-hmm. So take for instance this morning. So I wrote down that because I had, uh, ideally I would have prepared for this interview last night, but I had a lot on. So I, I had some time for this morning. So one of the things I wrote before preparing for this interview, but you know, before I went for a walk or did any exercise or movement, because movement is also very important to me. Um, I wrote down that I will effort, you know, the right questions will effortlessly come to me to prepare for my interview with Gosh. And then I wrote that I've had an amazing interview with Gosha where we have connected as two uh, individuals um, on a heart level and a personal level and that I've made a new friend and that she's brought great gold to the podcast. And because I've written it down, I don't know it's just going to happen. And so now I just, it's taken a whole lot of worry out of my life because I can Mm. just let it happen because it's written down. And as I'm writing things down, sometimes I get a feeling of, yeah, that, that, that's the right thing. Or sometimes I write stuff down and it just, it just doesn't come out right. And, and so it's yeah. kind of like, now I think my head's trying to force something yeah. down onto the page as opposed to... Heart. Heart. And um, yeah, I like, writing, I like writing the gratitude down. I write mm-hmm. three things I'm grateful for. And I like, write, I like putting gratitude towards things that are really difficult. Mm, um, things that are really challenge, challenging I, I, that, it, it, I found it easier to even when I'm in the middle of a, a situation that's crappy and shitty and because of one thing or another and da 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 to just say do you know what I'm grateful for this yeah. I don't know why yet I'm sure it will become apparent mm. but I am grateful for it and then yes and I think in there as well I've recently linked in the Aponopono of, of yeah. saying, you know, um, oh, I'm having a blank now. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, please forgive, forgive me. me. Thank, Thank you. you. I love, I love you. you. And, and yes. just doing that to, to, to the universe for, yeah. f- for any sort of less than great broadcast I put out to the world. So, and, you know, there, from, from the reading and the research that I do is that, 
there are two different ways to change behaviors one is you can go in um via something like you know kinesiology or hypnotherapy and so on and just go straight in and almost like surgically remove or tinker or upgrade that belief or that label or that identity or sense of identity yes or you can do it the other way where you just do and do and do and do and do and do and do and, and then all of a sudden you, you're just doing it yeah now the second one the second one takes a bit more force mm -hmm. but you just keep going and going and going and going but that both of them work equally as well so you know yes. i've been journaling now for four or five months and um yeah now it's just something i do and i just get up and i just do it now and, and it's great and it's exciting you know same as you know i spent more and more and more time in the ocean and then all of a sudden i realized that i wasn't getting seasick anymore so i don't identify with being seasick um so yeah there are two different ways of doing this you know not everybody has a hypnotherapist to hand but if you set your intent and you know where you want to go then just do and do and do and do can I just share something with you? Because I absolutely loved the, the fact that you've shared the, the, the methodology, which I called, uh, which I call um, future scripting, right? Yes. And so I, I think that fu future scripting is, in my case, the most successful business tool I've ever had in my mm. life. I, I have not come across anything more powerful than this. And um, I not only use it um, in, for for business and for describing what ha you know what things I want to create financially or otherwise, but I use it for all the trips I've m made, and I even want to share this example. I want uh, I once we used it for my um, father's funeral. So um, my father was very sick for years and years and years. So when he died, it was more a sense of joy and relief for him that he's not, not struggling anymore. And so on that particular day that when he died, I was sitting with my mom in the, in, the, in the room and I said, Mom, what kind of funeral would you like to see? You know, um, what, what kind of funeral would you consider to be a successful funeral? And she said this and this and this, and she described. And I said, Mom, I would like to add music to this because my father was a musician and he loved music. And so I said, Mom, I would like the, the music to be in the church, at the outside of the church, um, at the graveyard, and in the, the wake, right? Is it called, right? Yes. That never happens in Poland, you know, where, where my father was born. It never happens. You can sort of about have it in the church, very rarely in the in in the in the cemetery, but almost never ever ever when people eat right they they there is no music. My father was like you know he loved folk music, so I asked my cousin with his um, group to come, and and I said could you please sing the song when everybody's eating? And he goes well this is more like a wedding song. I said well so what? I want it to be a joyful occasion. He's free. And he goes, oh, oh, I don't know if this is allowed and there's going to be priests there and all sorts of people. I said, look, I take that on the chin, right? <laughs> Whatever happens is my responsibility. And in my future script, I wrote, and people love this, um, this party. I wrote party so much that when they were leaving, they were congratulating my mom and saying, it's really, well, I shouldn't be saying it, but it's felt more as a party, as a, as a wedding than a funeral. Hmm. And, and I, I wrote the, the whole future script down that it was amazing. People loved it. Everything went swimmingly in the church, everything, right? The food was top class. 
And when people were leaving, they said to my mom, it felt more like a wedding than a funeral. So anyway, so the, the party and everything went fantastically. The music was great. And when the music was playing, so instead of people eating, they were doing this. Dun, 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 dun. Hmm. They, were, they, were, they wanted dun. to dance, right? But they didn't, but they wanted to. And then as they were leaving, some, some people said, hi, you know, thank you so much. I'm really sorry that he died. But it, it felt a lot better, better than any funeral that we've ever been to. And it felt more like a wedding than a funeral. And my mom looked at me in shock and she goes, and she knows about future scripting because when I started taking her on trips after my father passed away like going to Israel which was a bit dangerous you know we I would write the whole future script and to make sure my mom is very religious so so I would add an element of God I would say instead of I'm so grateful that the trip went well I would write I'm so grateful, dear God, that my trip went well. So my mom felt more comfortable with this, right? Mm. And um, everything in detail that, that that it was safe, the food was good, that we found our way, that my mom was able to walk because, you know, she wasn't so, so um, her, her, her muscles were a bit sort of um, dodgy at that time. And uh, it was so miraculous and everything felt in place, you know, fell into place. And so my mom then would sign her name underneath the, the future script with me. And we would put the date few weeks after we've come back from the holiday. And my mom is just now using it. And she's going, oh my God, this is really powerful. Mm. So yeah, so, so I'm glad that you've mentioned this because whoever is listening, listening to us right now, when you write your future script for what you want to create in your life, and it feels easy when you write it. Yes. It needs to feel easy. Yes. Because if you're writing something that is uh, coming from your ego, like for instance, if you if you were to write something like that, you, it's not actually good for you. Your body would resist it. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I use it almost, uh, maybe not every day, but most days, and uh, and it's completely changed my life. I just wanted to share this with you because thank you for mentioning it. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. What does um, what does it mean to you to be able to do this type of work with people for you personally? What does it give you? Hmm. I, I never actually think about this because it's it's my second nature. Well, it's not my second nature. It's my first nature. I do this because um, that's what I came here to do. I love it. it gives me sense of joy, peace. I actually never feel like I wor- work. I feel like I, I, I play most of the time. Yes. Mm. Mm. It gives me a sense of peace, joy, fulfillment, um, serenity, fun. Like even coming here today to meet you, you know? My God, that's amazing. Mm. <laughs> so um, what does it give you, Bryn? What does it give me? Yeah. What, podcasting? Yeah. Um, is this how we're going to carry on? I'm going to ask a question, then we've both got to answer. Because I'm interested. No, it's fair enough. Well, because why do you do that? People need to know why you're doing this podcasting. Um, it's been a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, the journey has become clearer and clearer as I've gone on. Um, at, at, at its essence, um, there has been um, to have a... Um, it's an opportunity to connect with somebody. You know, I... I've said to my father before, if I if I rang some of the people up who've been on the podcast and said, hey, do you want to meet up and just talk? They'd probably go, 
you crazy person. Why would you do that? But if I say, hey, do you want to come and sit on the podcast and talk? And then we'll, 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 we'll listen to the, the, the great things that you've done and the things that you've learned. And then we'll share it with other people. Um, so they might take that as inspiration to go and do stuff. And most people say yes. I've had very few people say no to come on the podcast. And, and so that then gives me, it creates a space for me to meet different and interesting people and for me to learn and get curious about the things that their journey and what they've learned. Um, because, um, you know, sort of formulaic answers don't really apply to life. There's lots of different interesting things. And I think we learn more through the stories of others. Um, and so this gives me an opportunity for, for me to go and pursue that. And rather than selfishly do it just for myself, is then capture that and share it for others no. to enjoy as well. So there's kind of a selfish and a selfless part to it, which I'm very transparent about. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you know there, there are times when I joke with, with guests. You know, it's, it's my podcast. I get to ask the questions. You know, and and it, you know, I'm being serious uh, on one level because it, it is my podcast, and I get to ask questions because I'm the one who came out and did it, and I've done it, mm-hmm. and and you know. I've, over 60, 70 people now sat and shared a space with. Um, it gets, it gets um, to a point now behaviourally whereby if I don't sit and, 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 and have an exchange with somebody, I really miss it now. And because I think at times we find, I, I certainly was before this, you could end up living in an, eco cha- an echo chamber where you do the same things with the same people. And, and that's great on one level, but it's not very expensive and you're not learning. And, you know, I don't believe we're on the planet to sit and do the same thing. I think we're here to expand and learn and challenge and, 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 and enjoy this journey, enjoy this great game of hide and seek that we've chosen to come and play here. And I purposely call it hide and seek because ultimately I believe that we're, um, infinite pieces of energy or light and what have you and we've just chosen to come on a game of hide and seek and hide from our true nature which is why we're not here i don't i don't see what i do as personal development i see it as personal revelation because you're revealing stuff to yourself about your true nature that sounds so much better than personal development which sounds terrible yeah well i've had this chat before (laughs) um i was on somebody else's podcast talking where i was the guest and and I was saying that by coming from the world of personal development sounds like you're coming from a place of lack. Yeah, yeah. And scarcity, whereas you're yeah. not. Yeah, sure. There are things that we need to learn to navigate physical reality and the you know, life. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I could intuit what time the bus is going to turn up. I could just go to the bus stop and, and hang out until the bus turns up and get on a bus and, and, and it may well take me to the destination I... I, I need to go rather than want to go. However, I can also just check Google out. And so sometimes, you know, there is that. But ultimately, I think generally we can learn everything we need to learn or we can reveal everything we need to reveal just by asking ourselves. And I think one of the biggest, to me, there's been what I call ruses, as in um, great plays that have been played out to... To, 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 to take our true creative power away from us. And the first one at times is, is 
has been the misappropriation of religion in making us believe that God is something that's outside and, a, and, and this big dude that does stuff. I, I believe that we all have a spark of God and divine within us. And so, tap, so it's that making us believe that it's outside rather than inside. The next biggest ruse has been the internet. Hmm. By constantly asking Google the question all the time, we now connect more to the outernet than the internet. Hmm. And that it's all within us. And we can answer most of the questions. I mean, yeah, like I said, the internet's great for working out what time the bus is going to turn up. Or what time's that film going to be on this evening that I want to go and see at the cinema? Yeah, great. Pra like, everyday practical stuff like that. Yeah, great. But Google up, you know, what is mindfulness? You're going to really find the answer on Google? No. No, you're going to find the answer in the internet inside. And you're only, you're only access the internet when you get into a calm flow state and with yourself or with somebody else and you That's have right. a proper genuine conversation. And we don't have enough of these genuine conversations nowadays. We end up, particularly in Australia, talking about sport and sport, sport. And, you know, I love sport, but it has its, it has its limitations. And, you know, we, we end up talking about very trivial hmm. things as opposed to things of substance you know when was the last time you ever started a conversation with your friends and say hey how's your spiritual development going rather than how's your day going or, or your inner revelation going yeah yeah what, what have you revealed <laughs> up in the last week what great barriers have you overcome that you've been creating for yourself wonderful you know so yeah there's a very long-winded answer to what what do i get from what i do I love and i it. think now as i've as I reflect more on all the podcasts that I've done and doing something very simple, like I'm about to have a website built to support mm -hmm. the podcast as you know, a lot of people suggest I should have done it earlier, but I don't think so at the times right now. Um, it's made me reflect on all of the people that I've met and the things that I've learned. And now it's, I've suddenly realized, wow, I've, my accelerated journey is well, my journey of expansion has just accelerated because of this. You know, I almost feel like if people properly understood what, what I was up to here, nobody would be listening to my podcast. They'd all be going out doing it their own, doing That's themselves. Right. <laughs> but not everyone takes action right. in the same way. There you go. I always feel like, have you got any other questions you want to ask me? <laughs> but... Mm. Yeah, there is one question I want to ask you. What was the most life-changing podcast you've had so far? Oh. That touched you deep, deepest and um, that you've maybe just went ahead and did it or they've inspired you to, to change something? Um, it's very... My head will tell you that's a difficult answer, mm -hmm. but the most simplest answer mm -hmm. is, and I've sat with a lot of people who do a lot of incredible things. Um, I think the one that's been the most life changing has, and it had the biggest impact on me in terms of what I do and then the, the benefits of what I do and, and moved mm -hmm. on. Um, a lot of things like the journaling and what have you, I've sort of arrived at by myself. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but there have been two podcasts by, by two people who are, who are related, both relationship-wise and business-wise. Margaret and Mark, who own a movement studio nearby. Mm-hmm. And I attend there three times a week now. And I move my body in a completely different way to... Uh, I, I use the full range of motion of my entire body to move around. And it sounds really basic on the surface, but um, we don't invest in the quality of, and the variety of movement of our body. And if we're not doing that in our body, where else are we not doing it? Ah, that's a very good metaphor. Yes. Oh, and lovely. since forcing my body to move in different ways, and I, the amount of injuries that I've occurred has been huge. But wow. each injury is, is another signal that you've not been moving, using or moving your body in the most oh, efficient way. And that in itself, and, and you know, I went into that thinking, all right, well, I'm a very good ocean swimmer. I swim to Rottnest by myself. This is who I am. This is what I'm good at. Oh. And then you go there and you feel like a complete novice again. And the whole point is to feel like a novice. And we, we continually do different things every day. I can't tell you what I'm going to do every day I turn up. Mm. It's a complete journey of discovery with your body. One day you're throwing balls, next minute you're holding weights, next minute you're jumping off a box, next mm-hmm. minute you're doing all this random stuff. And so whilst it seems very basic on, on, on the surface, the effects have been quite profound. I love it. And, and also mm-hmm. viewing how I look after my body now and everything else. It's an investment. It's not a, you know, I don't pay the money to go to look good. I pay... I pay to go to access a huge amount of knowledge and, and do things that I would never have normally come up with myself. And it's an investment in my overall spine health, my bodily health. You know, by doing this, I'm going to be moving a whole lot better when I'm 90, 100, 110, 120 than people who don't. It's a and very, very, very interesting approach to exercising. Very expansive and um, lovely. I love it. It is. It is. We talk a lot, and we spoke in the podcast a lot about zone one, two, and three. Zone one is learning. Zone two is perfecting. Zone three is maintenance. Most exercise, most repetitive endurance-based exercise, I'd say most exercise is, is zone three. It's mm-hmm. just maintaining and maintaining and maintaining. We spend our whole time in zone one, and just as you get into zone two, it's thrown away and we do something else. So imagine doing wow. that all the time. Amazing. And because of that because of that just very basic primal practice, everything else just expands out. Mm. There we go. There we go. Back to you. Okay. <laughs> um, what are some of the um, big le- personal learning po- points you've had on your journey with what you do? Ooh, hmm. personal learning yes, yes. Hmm. well I think that um, one of my biggest learnings recent learnings and I relearn it every, every few years on a deeper level is that um, well actually essentially the universe got my back yes that I don't need to control manipulate that I so yes I can intend I can mm. set intentions yeah but almost if I didn't do it either and I just basically sat in my 
in my heart and just listened to my intuition and played, it would equally fall into place in the same way. Yes. So I often, because, you know, a lot of my friends are change makers. You yes. know, they, they are transformational coaches, teachers, co you know, consultants and writers and speakers. And, and I often have those conversations with them where we, we, we come to this question, how much should one market oneself um, and invest money into PR and mm. right? And how much one should trust? In the in the person in the perfection of the the person who is meant to come and see you, they will see you at the right time, at the right place. Mm. And so th this is a very interesting um, uh, conversation I've had with myself for years because I um, I'm not a great one for being look at me. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. And previously I, I wasn't, and and I often sort of thought to myself, is it more that I'm hiding? Is it more coming out of fear? Or is it not the right timing? Or is it not the right way? Yes. So, um, so what I find is um, one of my biggest learnings in that sort of whole area was that my job is to be at the highest level of vibration and to pay attention because some of the most incredible people, clients, connections I have uh, um, found when I wasn't even thinking about work or business. Right. Yes. It was when I was enjoying myself when i was on the beach when i was walking in the in the mountains when i was uh, meditating <clears throat> and so um yeah so i've learned that there needs to be more emphasis on my state of mind my heart flowing and enjoying and and actually having fun fun taking taking time off and um and taking care of my um, zone of delight, I, I would call. Right? Zone of delight. Yes, I love that. So, what, what, doing things that I that I delight in the most. So then, when I am in that zone, then amazing things come to me, and the universe absolutely has got my back. No matter what happened and what happened, I've always fell on my four like like cat. Yes. Um. In, even in, even actually, funnily enough, I, I I I didn't say this in this podcast, but. When I first came to this country, when I was 21, I had absolutely no money. Maybe I had 50 quid, maybe yeah. 100. I don't actually remember exactly, but not enough money to live on for any period of time. Mm. And I had an intention of um, finding a job very quickly, but I didn't. <clears throat> and I was staying with a friend of mine who lovingly, you know, um, gave me her room and she lived with her boyfriend. And... Um, and the boyfriend was a little bit strange. <laughs> she was she was lovely and she was going to work. Uh, she was working in pizza place and she would come back home at 12 o'clock at night or something. And, um, and I was supposed to stay there only for a week or two and find a job and then go and leave them. Um, but I couldn't find anything. And I was going every day and looking for, 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 for work and leaving my CVs and speaking, but nothing was coming up. And, um, and I was beginning to be a bit worried. And one day I came home and um, we're sitting with this guy in the room and he goes, why don't we have some sex? And I go like, mm, I don't really feel like it actually. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing, you know, <laughs> my best friend. Uh, um, and, uh, and he goes, are you sure? 
nobody needs to know that. And I go, no, 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 I didn't want to offend him either, right? Um, and he, and I just changed the subject and whatever, that was the end of it. And then when she came home that night, uh, I was already in bed in another room and she came in crying and she said, you have to pack and go. I'm so sorry. My boyfriend says you have to leave, that he had enough of you. And I was thinking, now, Brixton, middle of the night, no money, shit, <laughs> this doesn't yeah. sound too good. So I've asked her, could you please ask him that I will actually wait, wait till the morning? Could he let me go in the morning? Can I stay that one night at home here with you? And she said, oh my God, I don't know what came over him. You know, I don't know, you know, but I didn't want to tell her, right? Yeah. So, because I, I, yeah. I should have probably, but I, I, I thought I wasn't quite sure what to, what to do about this. So then uh, she asked him and he said, okay. So I, has, I spent the whole night praying. I put candles on. I was writing future scripts in my own way because yeah. this, this age, I, 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 I sort of slightly did it in a, in a different way. And, and you know, this, this incredible peace came over me. Which is crazy because imagine your daughter, right? Mm. Going to a different country, not having any money, not having a job, and right? Yes. She's only a few years away from the, from that sort of yes. time. You, you would be worried for her, wouldn't you? But I had this sort of peace came, coming over me and, um, and I walk out in the morning and I ask him, can I leave my baggage here? You know, my, my, my bag. And he goes, all right. He was a little bit more, more or less grumpy in the morning, but... And I said, I will be back, I will be back. Um, and I went and, and, um, and I got lost. I was walking around the town and mm. I got lost, lost, you know, mm. in inverted commas. And then I ended up, and there was no internet at that point, you yes. know, so it was all only A to Z maps mm -hmm. and that's it. And I found myself in a health food shop, which, um, in, 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 it was the biggest health food shop in London at, at that point. And I loved healthy food because I was into cooking and uh, I was a vegetarian, you know. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, health. But I could, did, could not afford to buy any of that food. So I was just looking around like, oh my God, maybe one day I could actually eat things like that. So, and I asked the, the, the girl at the reception, do you need anybody to work here? You know, and she said, no, we don't have any jobs going at the moment, no. And... As I was walking out of, out of the shop, the owner of the shop, I didn't know he was the owner, Stephen, he said, uh, hello, how are you? <laughs> and uh, me, you know, coming to this country, not knowing that you are supposed to say, I'm fine, thank you. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I said, you gave him a real answer. Yeah, I told him. I said, I'm, I'm not too, 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 too happy because I'm so desperately looking for, for a job um, and I need to find something today but I can't, can't, can't find anything. And he goes, well, what kind of work do you do? So I told him. And I said, I also can work uh, in the kitchen. I can cook well because I, I've been a vegetarian for many years. And he goes, um, hmm, do you have a business card? <laughs> Obviously, no business card, no home, nothing. Mm. I said, no, um, I don't. He goes, okay, good luck. And I walked out of that shop and I was walking down the street, walking towards something didn't know mm. what but I actually felt peaceful surprisingly enough mm. felt peaceful and then he followed me in the car he he went upstairs you know somewhere spoke to someone and then he followed me opened the door and he goes come in 
So I jumped in. I felt completely peaceful. He turned around. He took me to his flat. We walked up. He, he was um, living above the shop. And uh, in front of the door was his wife, who was eight, month, eight months pregnant. And he said, she said, hello. And he goes, yeah, she's a bit now fat and, um, and big. And um, we need someone to look after her and cook for her. Could you please come and stay and cook for us? Mm. And live here. Wow. So Can you imagine this? Yes. Okay. So, um, and I had hundreds of situations like that in my life mm. uh, from that early age. So then I have developed this strong belief that no matter what happens to me, the universe has got always my back. And, um, uh, and occasionally I forgot it, you know. And I, then I thought, I need to do this, I need to push, I need to fight, I need to do this, 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 this. But then always it comes down to the same thing. Hold the intention and then surrender. Hmm. So I think, you know, Bryn, I have to keep on re- re- relearning this. Somehow I forget and I think, oh, I need to be more proactive. Yeah, I need to punch through. And... I need to be more proactive on the social media or do this. And this always comes up. Maybe I'm a bit too lazy. Maybe, But actually... The opposite is true in my case. You do what feels right. You do what feels comes easy. You do, you know. And you know, and I, and I cooked for them for a few months. And um, at the end, they actually didn't like the, the food I was eating, <laughs> cooking for them because it was very polished, full of cheese and stuff. They didn't eat any of this stuff. They, they were eating very pure, right. non dairy, no gluten, no nothing. So they sent me uh, to to do a macrobiotic course. They paid for me. Hmm. Can you imagine wow. this? Not only they fed me, they uh, cooked for them. They, they, I was, and they, they actually paid for me to go to, to, to this, to this place where I've learned how to cook. And immediately after they, they she's given the baby. She, they moved to Devon. They sold the, the flat, the, the, um, the business, and I stayed in that center. And my, my work came from there. So can you imagine? If that guy didn't throw me out of the house. Yes. And, and th- actually, Brent, this is what I want to say to, to, to the listeners. Please, never ever look at your life situation as mis- misfortunes or challenges or problems. They are always blessings. If you look at them with the right eyes. Can you imagine if I was angry with him? Yes. Or fought with him or, or begged him, no, 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 I'll stay. I knew I needed to go. It was time. Mm. And, and because I followed his um, push, right? So maybe someone whispered to his ear, hey, tell her this, you know? Yes. And then, and then he got angry and, you know, his ego was chipped and whatever. But it was all meant to be, you know? It was every single thing. If you don't fight and you go with the flow, the problems, actually, they're never problems. They're gifts in disguise. So you're saying, I'm... I'm grateful for my problems. This is it. If you're grateful for for them very early on, you relax and yes. you're going to flow. So then the the gifts are being re- revealed straight away. Mm. So so then so that's that that would be definitely one of my um, my lessons and um, and and the other thing is that I keep on relearning. Really, it's to do with maybe my family and my loved ones and my friends is that um, is that it's better to say less sometimes and give people a chance to speak 
and be themselves rather than trying to change them or fix them or help them too much because um, they have their own truth, right? Mm. And the, the process through, through which they, they need to go through to their truth, it's precious, even if it doesn't look too clever to me. This makes sense what I'm saying? Yes. So sometimes it's so difficult to watch your family suffer unnecessarily. You are, according to yourself. Exactly. And and I was actually, I realized some, some time ago, not so long ago, unfortunately, that me thinking that, that they are unnecessarily suffering or they're too slow or why do they go into this drama? It's a little bit um, disrespectful of me because that's that's been one of my lessons mm. because they maybe exactly need this precisely to go through this at this time you know mm. and who am i to to say that they need to be happier stronger and with less drama you know so that i have so many learnings we'll be here till for you know next five week. o'clock <laughs> what does the uh, next three to five years look like for you where do you want to go things you want to do well and, and here you know it's very interesting my first reaction was to tell you what my plans are. Mm. And then, um, which I tell you anyway, but then my, my next thought was, I would like to know. And it's unfolding. And maybe it's something completely different to what I'm intending for myself. And for the first time, for a long time, I'm actually excited about it. Because, you know, how much do we create something and how much are we actually meant to surrender? I have recently started making this prayer as dear God or dear universe, please show me the best version of my life in your eyes. Mm. Show me. Because you know, sometimes we can maybe limit ourselves and we could be writing those future scripts for something that um, maybe it's... Miss things out. Yeah, maybe we are meant to be doing or being something completely different. Mm. So I just, you know, I've just been wondering recently, actually, if I approach every day with this intention to just be my best version and for the universe, for my soul to show me how, how it looks like, it may actually be better than me planning. Mm. Makes sense what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like the next level beyond future future planning. Future That's planning. it, because everything that we're doing to some extent um, is still limited. You know, there is another level of expansion. And mm. I wonder if this is if this is it. Then maybe because I have learned so easily that I can manifest anything. Now I think I'm bec- and most of the things that I want happened mm-hmm. and they're happening. I wonder if there is part of me that says I wonder. What would what would happen if I stopped planning mm. and just stayed in my bliss and my truth? But never, nevertheless, um, what, what's happening now and what I would like to do is uh, my intention is that I would love to um, um, connect with more people. So as you know, I have got my my book now, and I would like this book to reach millions of people. And not just my book, but um, everything that comes beyond it and with it. Mm, that meaning me, yes. my 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 message and my my gifts and my talents. And I would love to connect with more change makers and start doing um, my retreats and my master classes in the most beautiful places, like in the middle of nowhere, and working with those decision makers and change makers 
in the most exquisite beautiful place um, and, and so that's that's one of it, it's already happening but um, I would like to do more of those and uh, there is more books coming more videos more books more courses and and I'm traveling I've begun to travel you see I've never been to Australia with my work so mm. my work is becoming more global now so I would li like to meet more people make bigger impact in the world make more money that I can then use wisely I have a desire to what is why use more wisely like well that. I have a desire like I have a desire to create an ecological village mm. where everything is um, um, healthy and ecological and <clears throat> with all the solar systems and and, I, and and I would love to create a place where I, I not only I would like to live but where some transformational work will happen and like a retreat center essentially yes so that would be wisely for me mm. yeah um, and yeah but, but my biggest biggest dream is to be basically serving at the level where I am meant to be serving the most at this this any given moment and I'm, and I'm opening my life to be positioned or sent wherever I'm needed the most and have a lot of fun while I'm doing and it. have a lot of fun. <laughs> there you go. Um, one last question mm -hmm. um, I like to ask guests is if you could take a little nugget of learning and upload it into the collective consciousness just to make life a whole lot more straightforward, you know, just everybody gets it, what would that be? You're asking good questions, Bryn. I really, really, really like it. Let me just um, tune into this because um, I would like to answer from the highest place. Yeah. So what I feel um, it is, is that I would love to download into every single, single person. Um, actually... I'm going to tell you something first and then I'm going to answer the question yeah. um, and I and I explain why before I came to Australia I was extremely busy and so for the first time ever when my friends would call me I would not be able to speak to them so they would leave a message on my um, WhatsApp and say listen Gosha this terrible thing has happened can we talk about it can I have a session with you and and um, and I was sure that uh, I was sure that it will not be able to happen. Hmm. So I, um, on that very spe specific day, I called one of my friends on WhatsApp and I left her a message. I said, I, I will not be able to have a session with you, but let's do an experiment. I will bless you. And you just listen to it with your eyes closed and just relax and let me know what happens in the next few days. And so um, I, I, I left the, the blessing for, for her in the next um, message. And, um, <clears throat> and she called me next, next few seconds, minutes, and she cries. And she said, oh, my God, that was really powerful. I feel so much better. Next day and next day and next day, she kept on leaving me those messages that her life has shifted in a very different direction. So then I, every time someone had a challenge or a problem, I would call them and I would, instead of having a session with them, I would bless them. So what I mean by blessing, sending very uh, specific, um, intense, loving intention for them and wishing them well mm. and bringing light into it. And most, in most cases, it made a huge difference. I would say 99% of people. 
Then when people had birthday, birthdays on Facebook, uh, so but I, I don't mean people I don't know, but people who I do know. Yes. So instead of send, send, sending the message, happy birthday, I will record a blessing. I will tune in to them and I will bless them. And so uh, I, and, and that actually happened to that extent, Brent, just before I left. So it was like two weeks before it happened, before, mm. before I arrived here. And um, it's my new love, it's my new hobby, yes. <laughs> blessing people. And it's extremely powerful. Now, I don't have any sort of uh, special ability to do that. I think we can all do that. Yeah. It's almost like writing the future script, right? Yes. And so answering your question, um, there's two aspects to that. One is that I would love to, I would love people to know always that they are incredibly lovable, hmm. that they are enough and they can relax. Hmm. Okay. So you are lovable and you are worthy of everything that you can ever imagine and you can relax now and enjoy your life. You don't need to push, struggle, dram dramatize, uh, and you can now is your time to relax. That that would be my my learning or teaching or and not even mine, but I just felt like it was downloaded into my consciousness to pass it on. And now I would actually like to give all your listeners my blessing. Okay. Yes. So that so therefore I continue doing what I've started with such great success. Yes. Hmm. So whoever managed to actually stay with us for so long. Yes. <laughs> so for all of you who are listening to us right now, what I would like you to do is to breathe into your heart. Relax. And I bless you with the most powerful sense of enoughness. I bless you with knowing that you are enough, that you are lovable, that you are beautiful, that you are the child of greatness and that you deserve everything that you've ever imagined and more. And I bless you with knowing how to relax, how to um, open up to your greatest possible gifts in the world. And I bless you with knowing that you're in a perfect place at the perfect time. And this sense of serenity and flow that attracts everything that you need easily to you at every single moment of your life. And I bless you with divine perfection. May everything in your life be organized in the highest order. And may you experience what it means to have the most delicious, delightful, exciting life with a sense of surrender and I bless you with bliss happiness and joy and abundance and success for the rest of your life it is done it is done it is done wow what do you feel how do you feel now calm yeah shifted hmm Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so you're here for another couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. If somebody wants to come and find you mm -hmm. in the next couple of weeks, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, you can send me an email via my website. And my website is www.goshagona.com and you spell it G-O-S-I-A. Uh, 
G-O-R-N-A.com. Or you can find me on Facebook. Mm. I've, I've replied to Facebook messages quite quite quickly. Um, Gosha Gona, mm. coach. I think you need, may need to, to put in there. I'm also on Instagram, but probably website, email, and Facebook is the mm. best. And obviously, beyond the two weeks, if people want to touch out, reach reach out to you, they can do that through the website as well. Absolutely. Gosh, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. It's been an absolute pleasure to answer your questions today <laughs> <laughs> on my own podcast. It's, yeah, it's just to just to have such an expansive con- conversation mm-hmm. that just goes here, there and everywhere. I always come into podcasts with like a handful of questions, but I never really know where they're going to go. And this is another one of those. So thank you very much for your time. It's my greatest pleasure, Bryn. And I know that what you're doing is going to touch millions of people as well. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you.